Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be reading in your hearing verses 22 through 33. 22 through 33 of Matthew chapter 14. And we will be uh, using the King James, the New King James Version as we do. We um, lay a little bit of background to this scripture. Uh, and if you don't have your Bible, it's, it should be on the screen. But the earlier in this chapter, John the Baptist is beheaded. If you're interested in that story, there's a lot to that story and what takes place. And he's beheaded by Herod the Tetrarch at the behest of his stepdaughter. Very complicated involvement. But as we're coming into the story, Jesus finds out. And Jesus is on his way to a uh, kind of, kind of uh, place of solace, a quiet place. And he's on his way. The, the multitudes find out where, where he's going. And and they follow him, and they find him, and he has compassion on them. And he heals those that need healed among them. But then it starts getting late. The scripture tells us, I think it's around verse 15, that it's evening. And he's told they need to eat. They need some food. And so the story of the feeding of the 5,000 would be found in that part of the scripture. And so that's about where we're, we're entering the story. We're going to tie that together in verse 22. And then we're going to come into our story as we talk about Jesus walking on the water. And there's someone else that walks on the water, and we'll see that in Scripture. So let's go to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. I want to back up to verse 21. Verse 21. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. Verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
Father God, I pray that you would help this message to be a help to the hearers. May we all, each and one, every one of us, draw closer to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's kind of just step through that scripture and, and get the setting, get the feel of the scripture, get the feel of the story of what's going on. Jesus sends the disciples across the sea. This is the Sea of Galilee. Sometimes people uh, read among some other things, but it's the Sea of Galilee in the northern part of Israel there, and he sends them in a boat across the sea. Remember, Jesus was trying to find a place to be alone before the crowd came, and he wanted to be, uh, he had compassion on them. So Jesus is now going back to this place of solace again. He wants to find a place up the mountain to pray, a time of prayer, a time by himself. He sends the disciples on the boat and says, go, get going. And then he goes back, sends the group away, and then he goes up into the mountain and he prays. Now, the disciples had got into the boat and it says in verse 24, they're in the middle of the sea. And they're tossed by the waves because of the wind. And it tells us that in the fourth hour, Jesus comes walking on the water. Now we want to understand the context here. Later on, as we read in the scripture, when they get into the boat, the calms, the, the sea goes calm. There's peace, right? But at this point in the story, it's not Jesus walking on a calm sea. He's walking in the midst of all the waves. And it's in the fourth hour of the night. So what is this fourth hour of the night? Just to kind of get the concept there. If you think of these, the fourth watch of the night, I'm sorry, it's the fourth watch. You think of the watch, I believe that's what it said there. I wrote it down. So in the fourth watch, he comes across, verse 25. If you think and you divide the night from 6 a.m., 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., think of a soldier on watch. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you divide it into four three-hour segments. Four three-hour segments. So when he comes in the fourth watch of the night, it's between 3 and 6 a.m. It's between 3 and 6 a.m., I don't know when the sun was coming up. I don't know if there was a glimmer of light. I don't know if it was the, at 3.05 and it was pitch black. But Jesus is coming in the fourth hour of the night. The disciples are on this boat, tossed around by these waves with the wind. Now, no one gets seasick with me here, but tossed. And here comes Jesus in the middle of the night. Now, if you've been out at night, and I know somewhere around here when we drive along, if it was daytime, you could see that deer from a distance. If you're driving your car in, in Ohio, you'll see a deer in a distance, but normally they're not out in the daytime. But when do they come out? They come out just in that, and you'll be coming over the hill, you're coming along, and they just appear out of the darkness. Can you imagine the disciples as they're tossed about in this, this boat. And I don't know if you've been on a boat that's in, in turbulent 
waters before, but sometimes when the boat goes up and down, and depending on what it's doing, sometimes you lose sight of the horizon. You lose sight of what's on because you're going in and out. Now imagine that it's dark. And as you're looking out and it's dark and, and up and down and you up and then you're down and boom, there's, some, there's someone walking or something walking on the water. It would throw you for a little bit of a loop. You know how you get startled when you see that deer just coming across and, or you see it and it's too late to stop and you thank the Lord that you didn't hit it. So they're startled, and there is Jesus. They don't know who it is. Now remember, Jesus is walking on the water with the waves going up and down. And just to kind of put some thoughts in there, because sometimes, you know, people try to uh, uh, talk away Jesus's the miracles of Jesus. And they might say, well, there was a shallow, it was shallow where Jesus was walking. Or they might say, you know, that there was something underneath there. You, you maybe see the magicians or you'll see somebody on TV and they're, they're walking across and maybe there's glass there and you can't see it. Not glass, but like a plastic ledge and they're walking on the ledge. But I want you to think about this. Jesus was walking on the water while the waves were coming. It doesn't say Jesus was walking through the water, and it doesn't tell exactly, but I kind of wonder, if Jesus was walking on the water, does that mean Jesus was kind of walking up and down on the, you get the idea? Was he walking through the waves or up and down on the waves? It just kind of makes you wonder. Because we're going to read in a minute, Jesus comes walking on the water, and Peter says, if it's you, command that I come out. He's basically asking permission. If it's you, then I come out and walk with you, more or less. He says, come. So can you envision, can you envision Peter getting out of the boat? Now, if the waves are really rocking, and some of you, if you've not been on a boat, you might not be relating, but I'll, those of you who have been on a boat will be relating to this if you're getting out of the boat and it's kind of a wavy and choppy things, it's choppy out, right? And the boat's going up and down. You ever try to step out onto a dock when the boat's going up and down? You're kind of like, where's it at? Because it's a different distance. It's going up and down. I can, I can almost envision as Peter gets out, he's getting out and he's reaching, he's reaching over the side of the boat. He's got to climb out over that boat. The boat's going up and down. If he's walking on the water, he's going to step out onto that water as the water's going up and down with the boat. Doesn't that seem to make the most sense? Now, you can debate that. It doesn't say that, but I just kind of get the sense that the easiest thing is they step out of the water, onto the water, and he's walking along. And he's walking to Jesus. Walking on the water. Can you imagine that? We say a lot of things about Peter, but boy, in that moment, he had enough faith and had enough guts to step out of that boat and walk on the water towards Jesus. And then he starts to realize 
Boy, that's a lot of wind. There's a lot of waves going on here. See, if the waves are, 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 are tossing him and he's sunk halfway down and he's walking through the valleys of the waves. Have you ever tried to walk out into the ocean when the waves are coming? It, it's like to knock you down, isn't it? It can just knock you over. Unless you're on the waves. But he's walking out to Jesus and he's... Remember, the sea is not calm yet. But he's actually walking with Jesus on the waves. Then he hears the storm, and then what happens? He sees the storm, and then he starts to sink. He starts to sink. He stepped out in faith in the midst of the storm. Then he starts to sink, and he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately it says that Jesus grabs him. Jesus grabs him. He caught him. Oh, you a little faith. Then they go back to the boat. They climb in. And what happens? There's peace. There's a calm of the storm. So how, what, what do we learn from this? Maybe you've started a faith walk with God. God's asked you to do something. You've been obedient to God and you're doing something and God has been sustaining you in a way that you couldn't have imagined. God's been helping you in a way that you couldn't imagine. It's one thing to be walking with Jesus on the water. That's pretty impressive, right? And then the storm come, and, and you start to wonder. But Peter walked on the water. And he started walking on the water in the midst of the storm. The storm wasn't new. The storm wasn't new. You know, sometimes we get into the storm, and we've been in the storm, but sometimes we put our focus more on the storm than what God Is doing. Now, Peter still had faith that Jesus could save him. Because he said, Lord, save me. But Peter seemed to have lost confidence that God could keep sustaining him in the way he had been. And you might be wondering what the difference is, but if you've been in the midst of the storm, you might be wondering how, you know ultimately God can save you, but you're not sure how he can save you in the moment. 
And sometimes we, we, we need saved and we need rescued. We need help. We need God's power. And we have faith to believe that God can help me this way. And we come up with the solution of what the solution is. And this is the solution that we need to follow. So we talk about surrender to God and giving God everything, but we want to own the solution. I have faith, believe that God can save me in this situation. Have faith, believe that God can intervene. And my faith to believe that God can intervene is I believe that He can intervene in this particular method by reaching down and grabbing me. But my faith is wavering that God can keep delivering me in the way that He has been. Or my faith is a little wavering in the fact that God can save me in multiple ways that I can't even think or imagine. See, when we surrender to God our problems, we need to surrender to God the solution. Peter seemed to forget that God had allowed him to walk on the water in the storm and that God didn't change. God could keep doing it. His faith wavered. But he believed God could save him. But he seemed to have not thought anymore that God could do it in any way God wants to do it. We have to be careful that we don't limit God by our own imagination. We don't limit God by our own solutioning to the problem. I've been in, in business for a long time. I've got experience in, in, the, in, in the corporate world. I'm not in business for myself, but I, per se. I mean, we sell some hogs and chickens once in a while, but I've, been, I've worked in the corporate world. And someone says, I need, they need something. And they'll bring it to a group of individuals in the computer area and say, I need something. I need help being able to do this. And this is how... I think you should do it. Well, their expertise is in business, but their expertise is not in computers. But they kind of come up with their own solution and say, here, fix it. It's kind of like you ask a contractor to come in and fix your foundation or fix your house that you're not an expert in it, but you're going to tell them how they should do it. I kind of get that, but when you bring in an expert, you probably should listen to the expert. You know, if you're bringing God into your problem, you probably should listen to God. And don't say, hey, okay, God, this is how I want you to solve this problem. Now you go to God and you surrender God the problem, you need to surrender the solution and believe that he can meet the need in any way that he chooses to meet it in ways that you didn't even imagine. But certainly, be encouraged that if you entered into the fight... Let's say you start a church, or you plant a church, or you're part of a church plant. And you have faith and believe that God can help, and so you know there's going to be a fight, you know there's going to be a storm, and so you walk out in faith, and God does some miraculous things. 
and you're praising God for the miraculous things that He's done, and then you start listening. It's the same storm. But somehow it gets a little louder. It seems to be pressing a little bit more, but it's the same storm. We have to be careful we don't waver in our faith that the God that's been sustaining us is the one that will keep sustaining us. The one that's helped us walk on the water can keep helping us walk on the water. Now, your situation might be another ministry that God's called you to in the midst of the storm or some challenge you're dealing with in life and you've been dealing with it for a, a while, but God's helped you just to inch along. Another step. Another step. And you don't know how He keeps helping you through another step, but you have to be encouraged. I'm just going to keep going another step. And if the Savior is calling me this direction, I'm going to keep going that direction. And I could cry out to God, God, save me. And my faith waver is sure God can reach down and grab me and lift me up. And I have that kind of faith. But God says, I want you to be able to keep walking on the water with me. Be able to walk on the water in the storm. And I want you to sustain and be sustained by the power of God at each step. In the solution that I have for you, not in the solution that you're trying to come up with. Jesus says to Peter, O ye of little faith. See, he had, he had doubts. Why did you doubt? He believed, and then he doubted. He let the storm come in. It wasn't a new storm. It wasn't that he's walking on calm, and then it got noisy and blusterous. He stepped out with God in the storm and was walking. But see, Satan wants to come in and, and get you to forget. That's why we have to need to be praises. And we need to thank God when he does things for us. That's why it's valuable we thank God for our food, for we realize God provides our food. We need to praise God when He does something so we remember where it comes from. Every good and perfect gift comes from our Father. We have to give praise that God sustained us. And it reminds us of God's capabilities. It reminds us of God's power. It reminds us that God cares about us instead of trying to be reminded that the storm is out there, the same storm that was out there before, if we remember there's still a storm, we should be remembering that there's still a God that is sustaining us. And keep moving forward. Not forget. And not forgot. Has God called you out of the ship in the midst of the storm? Has He been sustaining you? And why do you doubt now? Be encouraged. Keep moving forward. It's not like it's a new storm. Just keep walking. Just keep moving forward. Just keep leaning on God because He's able. And be encouraged. Like climbing a little rock wall. Maybe you've never done that. I've seen it done. I actually have climbed. I guess I have climbed myself. 
Now, I don't do that. You know, those people did that, that, that free climbing on actual rocks. I climbed the fake rocks with the cable on my back with the safety harness. That if I fall, that I'll just fly down on the safety harness, right? And so that should give you confidence. I've had a couple of my sons, uh, they almost run up the walls. But it gives you confidence that if, if I'm, I'm climbing that wall too fast and I miss one of those, oh, I'll fall back and then I've got the harness. So it gives me confidence to, to, to go for it. But I could climb that wall. God, it's kind of like that safety harness, I'm climbing that wall. He can always just grab me and save me. So why not go for it? Why not enjoy the climbing of the wall? Why not take on that challenge and, and have that faith? God's got my back. God's got that harness. God's there to rescue me. But in the meantime, let's climb that wall. Let's walk on that water. Let's keep him moving forward. Because ultimately what's going to happen... You're going to walk with Jesus as he took Peter back. And they went through the storm with Jesus, and then they climbed back in the boat together. And then there was a calm. Regardless of what battle you're in, can I tell you that if you're walking with Jesus, that there's peace in your future? Ultimately, there's peace, whether in this earth, but for sure, in eternity. We have that hope in Jesus if we keep walking with Him. If we keep walking with Him. Verse 32, When they got into the boat, the wind... This is about having faith that with God. Faith in God can... We sang it in, the song, in our singing time. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Faith in God can calm the troubled seas. But by having that faith in God, not just to rescue, but faith in God that He can enable us to walk on the water in the midst of the storm. So be encouraged. Get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes on Jesus. And believe that he can help you. It's a risk. You've got to be surrendered. But surrender your heart. Surrender the solution. And let God show his power through you. Let's be standing together. Father, as those listening to the message may be in their own storm, may they realize that they can be reassured in you that you are there. That you can help them walk on the water in the midst of the storm. Father, some have taken on a ministry for you or some have taken on an endeavor for you. And Lord, they've stepped out in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the trying thing and, and they were encouraged and they were strengthened and they were excited when they first got out. But then 
the storm seemed to get a little overwhelming and they were paying too much attention to the storm. And they lost faith that you could help them in the way you had been. They knew that you can save them ultimately, but Lord, they, they're discouraged. And I pray, the Lord, that you would lift them up. I pray that they might see again and be reminded of all you've done and all you've enabled and all the work and ministry has done through them, that they might lean forward, lean on, go forward, knowing that there's a peace ahead. But Father, they just have to surrender themselves, but they've got to surrender the solution. And trust that you can meet the need in however you choose, that you can intervene in however you choose, not just in the way they can imagine, but in however you choose. And we pray, Father, that you would help them to do that. And for, Father, those that are coming into a new storm and into a new challenge, that they would see that they can step out of that boat that seems safe. But the safety is not in the boat. The safety is in relying on you. That they would be courageous to step out in faith in the direction you're having to step and to keep focusing on you for that step forward. To ignore the storm. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's having an effect. But may their primary focus be on you, and may they not waver. May they not get pulled back. May those around them not discourage them, but may they remember with each step, God helped me make that last step. God helped me make, the, help make that step before. God helped me make the step before that, and may that give them the courage and the faith to believe that you continue to do it, because we know you will. We thank you for hearing this, our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.